Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, thank you for the word that I'm going to minister this morning. I pray for your anointing upon my life to release it with accuracy and boldness, Father, that what I speak will be from the oracles of heaven and that it will come forth, Father God, with a demonstration and a proof by the Spirit of God this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to continue with the concept, uh, uh, answer the call, um, and uh, it's, it's not separated, I would say, from even what we're sensing as a church in the season. Uh, it's not separated from what I sense God is moving on and how God is moving in the season. The past couple of weeks have been absolutely phenomenal in terms of what God has been releasing and speaking. God has been pedantic like I haven't seen before in this last season in order for us to come into a position where we can receive the harvest that God has got in store for us. Amen. But the reality of the harvest is determined by how we see what God is doing in the season. So the word that has been coming has been to align us, amen, has been to align us as a church so that we can see what we need to see. Are you with me? If, if just stand up, Pastor G. If I'm standing here, if he, this is Pastor G, right? Just say, just say I can't see past him. Okay. <laughs> no judgments, no judgments, no judgments. But just say I can't see past him. If what God wants me to see is over there and I'm stuck behind here, God's got to give me word or instruction to align my life so I can see what he wants me to see. Are you with me? Thank you. Because in the book of Jeremiah, he says, what do you see? And once he says what he's seen, he says, you have seen well. Now I am able to perform my word. So sometimes the reason why things aren't moving is not because God isn't moving, it's because you're not seeing. Are you understanding me this morning? It's because you're not seeing. So you need to see it the way God wants you to see it so that God can move on what you see. Amen. So I'm trusting that this word will help you to align this morning as you deal with what God is speaking in the season. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 to 13. I want to lay something down as a foundation. It is what I ministered to the youth, uh, part and parcel of what I ministered to the youth uh, yesterday. But I want us to recap so we can move forward in terms of what God is dealing with in this season. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 to 13. And can you give it to me in the NLT? Oh, you got it. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. 1 Samuel 16, verse 1 to 13. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed, and when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. And the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. The people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not 
the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemir, but Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. The same way all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? Then he says, there is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said, we will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome like Pastor B with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil and he brought, and oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. And I broke it down a little bit differently yesterday, but I want to speak to it in the context of what we're dealing with today. Amen. Samuel in the scripture is a representation of the church. Say so Samuel is the church. Saul is a representation of the previous dispensation or movement of God. David represents the next generation and Jesse is the previous generation. Are you with me? So when we're dealing with the scripture in chapter 1, God says, I have rejected Saul. He says, don't mourn. He says to Samuel, the church. Don't mourn over Saul, the movement, because I have rejected him. So God is saying, the movement that you've experienced before is no longer. But don't as the church keep looking back to the old movement because things have changed. Hear me, in, 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 in Exodus chapter 6 verse 23, it says that, it says, God says, I brought you out. I brought you out to bring you in. I brought you out to bring you in. Over the past couple of weeks, God has just been speaking to me about the pattern to possess your promise. There's an actual pattern that God has set in place where God would bring you out of one place to put you into another. Are you with me? The problem is that we get stuck in the in-between before we must go into the other one. So God will take you out of Egypt. He will process you through the wilderness and he will send you into the promised land. If you die in the wilderness, you did not fulfill what God wanted you to fulfill because then all he did was bring you out. Are you with me? All he did was bring you out. So when you're dealing with where, 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 the, where even the Israelites were transitioning from one state into the next, they were shifting from the wilderness into the promised land. They were shifting from manna to territory. They were shifting from one space where heaven had to pour down into the next space where the earth had to heal. God was saying, I'm shifting you now into what I have for you. Here's the thing, if you calculate it, it's one meal per day for 365 days minus the Sabbath day. So we're not going to put that calculation in, otherwise my maths is going to get a bit distorted here. Are you with me? But let's just say it's 365 days that God produces one meal a day for each person. And you're looking at about 2 million people that came out of Egypt. Delivered, set free in the wilderness. God is throwing manna down from heaven. They chowing for 365 days a year. One meal per person that will fill you for the whole day. It's not like the McDonald's we eat today. Will fill you for the whole day. And, and it will happen for 40 years. So it's 365 times 40. Somebody take out the calculator and do the math. It's a good couple of thousand meals that God provided. Then in one day, in one day, in one day, 
The Bible says they ate from the land of Canaan. And on that day, the manna ceased. On that day, the old move of God was complete. The old dispensation that God was moving on was done. When they came into the new, it didn't mean that God didn't love them. He doesn't want to take care of them. No, God is saying that there's a shift taking place. Saul, the old movement is no longer going to be the way that I'm going to move. The new movement is the David that's coming in and I'm ushering in a new way for you to function in the earth. But if you miss it, you will continually look for Saul when David is now on the scene. You see, the Lord said to me yesterday, when we were praying here yesterday morning, the Lord said to me, the scripture that came into my heart was, do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you, if you faint not, you will reap. And I even sense a tiredness upon people in the season. You see, because if you're still functioning by the old dispensation, there's no results in that place because God's not moving there anymore. So you can weary yourself out even though it's declared that it's harvest. Even though it's time for you to move in, if you refuse to move with God, you're going to find yourself in a place where there's no movement in your life. And hear me, you can fight for the old. God said to him, why are you crying over this man? Why are you as the church, Samuel, crying over the old movement when I'm establishing a new one? Why are you stuck with the old? You want it done a certain way. People want to do church a certain way. People want the church to look a certain way. That's why I love working with the youth because I am young myself, but that's besides the point. I love working with youth because there is no format. They don't look a certain way. Back in my day, if you were Bakir, brother, you had a Bible with the red pages, your hair was brushed a certain way, and you had to wear a certain suit. But praise Jesus, we don't live there anymore because Saul is finished. Are you understanding me? The old movement is gone. If you're chasing that thing, you're finding yourself in the wrong place with no results because God's not moving there anymore. Amen. He says, I've rejected him. Then he says, I have selected one of his sons. He says, I'm anointing him for who? For me. It's not, not God. This, what's happening, is God. Just because you have not seen it before, doesn't mean that it isn't him. In, in, where's the scripture now? In Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. It says, then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from that place and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed the sea. So it was after three days that the officers went out to the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, listen, when you see, say when you see, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, which is the presence of God, it's significant of the movement of God. And the priests, the Levites, bearing it in, you shall set out from your place and go after it. Look at your neighbor, say, go after it. Look at your other one, say, go after it. Here's the key. When you see God moving, don't stand still. You see, God gives you a Levite. He gives you a pastor. He gives you a preacher. 
He gives you a five-fold minister for one reason only. For what? To tell you where God is moving. That's it. It's to tell you where God is moving. We've never in this ministry, not once, Apostle has never, not once, come here to minister a word that he just thought was a good thing for you to hear. Not once. We're not trained like that in this house. We're not trained like that in this house. I'm telling you now, we're not trained. You, when you preach here, you better be saying something that God is saying. I can tell you, even when, I, when, when the apostle used to give me opportunity to speak, to give, do the tithe talk, he's watching to see if I'm hearing. He'll come afterwards and he'll say, there's some stuff he said, that, no, no, no. but there was one thing that you said. That thing that you said, that's what God wanted to say. On a tithe talk, that's five minutes. So, 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 so when he tells you you're doing the tithe, it's not a simple thing of finding a scripture. You better go hear from Jesus. Why? Because we don't want to say something to you that's going to misalign you and push you into the wrong space and not be moving with what God wants to do in the season. We will never, I'm telling you now, that's why even last week when I had to minister the word, it was a big thing for me to make the decision to say, don't send somebody else here. Because they wanted to send somebody else. The question in my mind was, Lord, what are you saying? Because I can bring another one with the gift of the prophetic. I can but if that person doesn't say what God is saying, because one word, you know I me, mean? one word has the power to shift the nation. You don't believe me? Go to Numbers chapter 13. They went into the land. They came out and 12 men, of 12 men, 10 men gave a bad report and 10 men could sway 2 to 3 million people to say we can't believe in what God wants us to do. So when we're dealing with what we're dealing with in the season, we hearing so we can align, so we can see, so that God can do. Are you with me? It's not just coming to give you something that's a little bit nice. And it's going to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not coming here to preach you happy this morning. I'm coming here to challenge you, to challenge me, so we can align with God. And so that we can come into what God has assigned for us. Are you with me? Because he's brought you out to bring you in. So he says, when you see them moving, when you hear the word this morning, don't stand still and go out and say, shoot, Pastor Brian, preach a nice word this morning. Then when you get home, that pup and place that you're eating made you forget about the word already. No, it's about movement in the season. God is shifting and we must shift. Are you with me? God is shifting and we must shift. So when you see the ark moving, you must move. Don't stand still. Yeah, listen to this. He says, he says he, he took one look at Eliab. Samuel, the church, took one look at the first son. He looks at him and says, surely this must be the one. He says, no, this, this, this is surely the one. The Lord says, what? He says, don't look at outward appearances. Or his height is what I want to touch on. First Samuel 9 verse 1 to 2. It says there was a man. Are you with me? There was a, where about, but First Samuel 9 to 2. Here we go. Here we go. Perfect. This is, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of that one and the other one and the other one and the other one. A Benjamite, a mighty man of power. He had 
a choice and handsome son. They keep talking about me today in the Bible. Whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any other people. If you go back to the scripture I read initially, it says that when he saw him, he says, immediately he said that this must be the one. God says, don't judge by his appearance, handsome. And don't judge by what? His height. Saul was a head above the rest. Here's what he's saying to the church. Don't look to the old to think it's the new. You want the same move. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. What God is doing in the season is not the same. Because you want stuff to fall from heaven. God's saying His heaven is shut. I'm not throwing provision from heaven anymore. I'm opening up the heavens to make sure that your land will produce for you from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Hear me, many you could only get once a day. And if you try to keep anything, it would rot. And you'd have maggots within 24 hours. But in the promised land, if I get up today and I feel like eating an apple in the morning and a grape in the afternoon, then I can. Because my land will remain fruitful. Amen. I'm not going to go into that. So when we look at the life of David, and we look at where he's coming through, the Bible says God anoints him to be king. Amen. The very next situation that takes place in his life, and what we read is that he goes and he has to face Goliath. He goes up against Goliath, and Goliath is a representation of the demonic forces and the things that's stuck in your lineage that's going to intimidate you, cause you to feel inferior, and want to stop you from progressing into what God has called you. Because the difference between the giants in the promised land and the Goliath is that Goliath came to him. You see... Some people, we get born again and we think when God delivers you, you get born again, praise Jesus. I'm loving Jesus. You have an awesome experience in church. And then a couple of weeks later, all hell breaks loose. And you're like, I thought this Jesus thing is supposed to be better than what I had before. You know what I'm saying? I thought we're going to jump on clouds. You know what I'm saying? Have fun. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know what I'm saying? No. All hell breaks loose. Why? Because the giants that stood in your lineage for generations is coming to stand before you to say, you're not coming this way. You're not going to pass me. And you know me? That thing is getting bigger and bigger every year. Through every generation. I shared it with the youth last night. I said, when, not so long ago when I was young. Yeah. Not so long when I was younger. If, if, if for me, and I was a drug addict, the Lord had to save me. I was one of those. But when I was 15, just to get weed, to buy a marijuana, you can get caught and thrown into prison. It was a mission. The availability of drugs at that point when I was growing up was tight. You had to watch out for the police. They catch you with a bit of a cannon. Now they catch you, they let it go. You know what I'm saying? And to get to get access was hard. Now a 10-year-old is a drug addict at the school. You got a 12-year-old that's dealing the drugs at the school. And access is like this. Why? 
Because when the previous generation never dealt with the devil, that devil became the devil of the next generation. You see, whatever you don't fight in your lifetime, your children will fight. They will fight. Tell me. Whatever you're not prepared to fight in your generation, your children will fight. So if you refuse to move when God moves, instead of your children being born in a place of promise, you're going to cause them to be born in the wilderness. You've got to make the change. At this point, you've got to draw a line and say, so far and no more. So the giant that's standing before you, tell me, even though he's bigger than you, there's an anointing that's on you that's designed to destroy that thing that's standing before you. The key is, hear me, here's the key, is that you must get on the battlefield. If David did not go, then Goliath would still be standing. Because it was only on him and not on Saul. God's releasing an anointing in this generation to deal with the stuff that's been missing with generations before. But it's on us as a generation. You've got to stand up, rise up, and say, no longer will you come to us anymore. Today, your head is coming with you. Are you with me? That's only the first step. Because if David's story ended with the life, That's where I'm going to go this morning. Is that yes, you anointed. Yes, you saved. Yes, God has delivered you out of Egypt. Yes, you can take down with the lions. But it doesn't end there. The real key is that you must come into the anointing of the king. Where you walk in the kingship. That's God's design. God designed you to come into a place of kingship. That's why you can come to the temple and not necessarily have a deity. Because the temple was in the wilderness. You can wander in the wilderness and God will protect you. God will love you. God will supply for you every day. He will make sure that you're comfortable that you're okay. He will keep the enemy at bay. You can drive a nice car and have a nice house. God got no issues. But it doesn't mean that you're in the promised land. Because when you miss, when, when you don't define the promised land to a You are misaligned your life. There's so many things happening in this season. It's like, what is God doing? Why, why, why are you confident in this season? It's an entity. It's a domain. Are you understand? Why are schools pulling us back? Why? It's an entity. It's a domain. Why are certain things happening the way they're happening in the ministry? Things that have been pushing for four years. I've been with the pastor for 30 years. And for 30 years, we're speaking the same thing and us not the same things. But this season, it's happening. Why? Because God says, your wandering days are over. Amen. But coming into the promise, then doesn't come to throw more stuff from heaven. Do you understand? Not going to throw more stuff. You, you, you. When we miss, when we miss it, we hear the harvest and you're waiting for more to come down. But harvest is from here. Harvest is from the earth. So you have to shift in your anointing upon your life to that of the king. We know what the day was to do with the guys, right? Let me go to the last one. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. 
It says, Then all the tribes of Israel went to David and Hebron and told him, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who nearly led the cause of Israel, and the Lord told you, You will be the shepherd of my people. You will be Israel's leader. So there, Hebron King David made a covenant before the rural house of Israel, and they anointed him king over Israel. David was 30 years old, and he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years in all. And he reigned over Judah from Hebron for seven years and six months, and then from Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Judah for 33 years. The key and the shift in the seasons will become your kingship. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, God says, Let us be glad in our own homes and in our own life, and then have dominion over the fish of the sea. And then another man says, uh, Then 28, then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the earth, over every living thing that moves in the earth. God's design from the beginning of time was that you will rule like a king. From the beginning of time is that you will rule like a king. Because a king is somebody that has a dominion. So when you're dealing with yourself as a king and what God wants to do in the season, you have to understand that the transition from the wilderness to the promised land is one of territory. And I'm praying that God will help us to settle this this morning. That the territory, the seven mountains, arts and entertainment, uh, media, government, education, business, religion, and as well as family, community. The seven mountains that influence will hear me. When God made Adam in the beginning, He says, Here's the earth. He says, Okay, now you dominate the earth. Take what's in the garden of Eden, what is in the garden of Eden, the kingdom of God, as a governing system. He says, Take the garden of Eden, the governing system of the kingdom, and spread it around the earth. That's why where the Garden of Eden was, it was a place of the luxurious living that would house the presence of God, but it was a place where the kingdom of God governed that specific area of the earth. That's why it yielded, listen, it yielded fruit the way that it did. The Bible says there was gold and stuff laying on the floor. Never mind digging for nuts. The kingdom of God, when it comes into a place, it draws the provision out of the place. And makes it available to you. That's why it says, Seek first your king, my kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these shall, things shall be what? Added unto you. It will yield itself to you. So Adam is in a place, this is what's happening. God says, Okay, take this governing system and spread it around the world and make the whole earth like the Garden of Eden, because the governing system is the kingdom of God. Adam obviously makes a mistake and becomes faulty. He gives it over to the enemy, and the enemy sets up systems to do the same thing, but in the opposite way. He sets up systems to corrupt the earth. Are you understanding me? That's why you have what you have today. When you look even at that window, when you see the mess up in the world, why? Because there's an opposing system that's governing the people that's sitting under that system. Are you with me? And unless the church gets up and says no more. It's going to remain getting worse and worse and worse. You see, before certain things never even touched your heart. I was saying, yes, we didn't even know of depression. You know what I'm saying? In the current community, when I was going to talk about depression, let's make this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there was no such thing. Now, because information and because of the system and because of stuff that's happening, you're finding households that are struggling with teenagers and youngsters that are struggling with depression, stuck on drugs, wrong relationships, having sex before marriage, teenage pregnancy. 
if you were born, if you were, if you were pregnant in our community back in my day, some of the women were sent out to go stay by auntie or grandmother because it brought shame to the family. No judgments in this place. I'm just telling you how things have progressed in the wrong way. But it's because the church is sleeping. How do you think it's going to get better when the wrong system is governing that place? If you want the schools to change, you must take the kingdom into the school. If you want media to change, you must take the kingdom into the media in. Are you with me? You can't come and say things must change or stand outside. No. God's put it on you to change it. But if you refuse it, it's going to get worse. So don't stand there from the backside, like, you know what I'm saying, and scowl over the stuff. You're not changing nothing. Are you with me? You're looking for a place to get comfortable when God is saying it's not that season. You've got to get up and you've got to fight. That's why it's the first thing a king must have. He must have a domain. Otherwise, you're not a king. If you've got nothing to rule, then you're not a king. So you must have a domain. What's your territory? What is God, has God called you into the fivefold ministry? Has God called you into, into media? Has God called you into arts and entertainment? Has God called you into government? Has God called you to go into the education system to change it? Don't get stuck in a job. I'm not saying you must leave your job. But don't get stuck in your job and not get working on the territory God has assigned for you. Because your territory is your harvest. It's the goods and the people. The domain is the only place where you can have dominion. You can't have dominion in the wilderness. There's nothing to have dominion over. But you can have dominion in the place of promise where God is assigned a territory to you. You know, we had a meeting with a huge broadcaster this week just to, to deal with one of our concepts. And God's just been moving in, 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 in media. And the guy that we needed to meet, you can never get a meeting with this dude. He doesn't make space for you. And we're going and we're praying. And I'm saying like, Lord... You know, wherever the soles of our feet will tread, in the area and the mountain you've given us, that thing must bow. The first day they changed the meeting, they can't make the meeting. Second, then we went back the afternoon. Okay, cool, you can make it afternoon. Come there. When we come, they say, you can't see this guy. He's not going to make it. You're going to meet with the head of programming or whatever. We go and sit down in the meeting. As we sit in there, he leaves from where he's at in another meeting and comes to sit in our meeting. Amen. Signs off what we need signed off in a second. Says this thing, I like this thing, just take it, take it, sign, sign. Yes, just you give them whatever they need. And da, 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 da. In a second, the meeting was so quick, I'm like, yo, this is chats. Praise Jesus. What is it? The Lord said, it's not your skill or your gifting or your charisma. It's the fact that I've given it to you. Whatever's in that place must yield to you. When you, hear me, when you a king, a king decrees, how much time have I got left? Little. When, when, yeah, five minutes. When you, when you come, so a king, okay, let's go. Just, let me just make sure I cover my three points. A king has a domain. A king is called to conquer. So when you go in a place, you don't, and I'm not talking, you come into, you know, I didn't walk into that broadcaster. They think, no, we walk in there quietly. When I come here, the Christ in me makes everything bow before me. When I come in here, whatever's standing up against me, I don't care who you are, because God said that they'll be mightier and stronger than you, but He's going to drive them out. I don't care if you're on my territory. If media is my territory, you get out of my space. God will shift you. God will move you. But all I have to do is I have to show up. 
I just have to show up. I just have to come into the place and be obedient to God. And God said, go. I come into the place and everything must change to accommodate my presence. Why? Because I'm not on my own business. I'm on the business of the king. So our perspective must change. You must ask God in the season, God, if you're speaking about a harvest, where is my area of dominion? What field are you calling me to walk into? What are you designing for me to, 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 to walk into and have dominion over? And when you come in there, you must have a conquering mindset. You're not coming in there. You, you know, when, when all of this took place, I just saw, I was like, I saw dollar signs. Lord said, stop looking at provision. Because you want provision so you can be comfortable. But if you're chasing comfort, you're not going to conquer. When you go in there, your mindset is that you don't want money. I want territory. I don't want money because the earth will yield to me what I need. I want the space. When I walk in here, I want this place. Are you with me? When I walk in here, I want this place also. There's some stuff that's happening in the season, and I'll share it when it's time to come to fruition. But we had two massive breakthroughs this week. Massive. The one woman that we met, she says, I don't know why, but there's just something on the two of you that makes me want to do business with you. She's a kingdom woman. She's a kingdom woman. She's doing big stuff in the industry. She said, she said out of all the people, there's somebody sitting around the table that's got more information, knowledge, and experience than I could ever have in my lifetime. She says, but the two of you, why? It's when you come into your territory. Everything in that place must accommodate you. The anointing that is upon you will cause everything in that place to bow to you. So stop looking for something to fall from the sky for your harvest. It's not the harvest. If your perception is up, you're not seeing well and God can't perform his word in your life. The only time you look up in the promised land is to give glory and honor to God. And the last thing is a king decrees. Job chapter 22 verse 20 says, You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Worship team, you can go up so long. It says, and the light of God's favor shine upon your ways. When you come into a place, I was saying to Eden, you know, in the beginning of 2017, Apostle said, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm, God's saying, I'm giving you the keys to media, arts, and entertainment. We go sit in a place. I say, do you know that your voice, out of everybody sitting around the table, when you open your mouth, the enemy knows you here. Do you know that? When I understand who I am, and I walk into a place, that is a sign to me. Hear me? If you call to go to education, don't go and try and sing. You know what I'm saying? We all see Rayma singing this morning, and now we think, you, more or more, I can idols too. Because my mother says I can sing very nice. That territory is not assigned to you. They're going to give you a hiding there. But if I go in the place that I must go into, then you must bow when I come into that place. Why? Because the Christ on the inside of me is causing me to have dominion in the place that God has assigned for me. So when you come in, you must speak. Your voice, they know. Hear me? The enemy know when you come into a place. That's why it says they knew when Jesus was coming. They could sense. The devil knew who he was. Why? In the spirit. He never opened up his mouth. 
when you come in a place and you're coming into your season of harvest, the enemy must bow, but you must decree into that place. Doors are open to me. Wherever I go, people cannot help but help me. There's a confession I have. It says, I'm part of the greatest move of God in the earth in my time. I'm just a part of whatever God is moving. I want to be a part of the move of God that's taking place in the earth. Why? So that when I come into the places that God has assigned to me, those doors must open for me. My prayer in the season for the church, we were praying yesterday for the church, and my prayer for the church is that we will see it the way God sees it in the season. People that have been sowing and laboring for many years in this ministry, there is no way you can come here and not cross over. You've got to deal with you in this season. You've got to be ruthless with yourself in the season to say, I'm not missing out. You've got to be repentant in the season. I'm not talking about apologetic. I'm talking about being repentant, saying, I can soften my heart to hear what God is saying so I can move when God wants me to move. Take off, say, Lord, help me even to deal with the way that I'm seeing things in this place. Help me to deal with the way that I'm seeing things in my life. Help me to deal with the way I'm seeing the word of God in the season. Help me to shift my perspective so I can see what you see. Because the minute you see it, God says, now I'm ready to perform my word. Even in this past couple of months as we've been dealing with the business, every day is what? It's aligning our sight. No effort. I'm telling you, it's not I'm going to go learn more. What? It's like they put me once as a technical person on a, on a call sheet. I say, what technical? What? I know none of this technical. You must, must know the technical. Why must I know the technical? I'm just here. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not going to go and study now. No. When I come in here now, I just want to know, Lord, what must I see? Who's right? Who's, who, who must I be connected to? Who mustn't I be connected to? Who's the right person to be in partnership with? Who's not the right person to be in partnership with? What's the right word to be hearing? What do I speak when I come into this place? What do I say when I come into this place? But I know that when I'm here, everything must bow to God's agenda in this place. That's why he says, when he stood before the angel of the Lord, Joshua, he says to him, he says, are you fighting for us or against us? He tells him, neither. I'm not here for you or against you. I'm here for the purposes of God. So when you come into a space, Lord, what do you say? Is this the right partner? Is this not the right partner? Is this the right place to be connected to? Is this not the right place to be connected to? Why? Because if you don't, it's going to mess with your harvest. I'm really praying in the season that we can shift the way God wants us to shift. I'm really praying in the season that God will help us to see it the way He's seeing it. There was a, there's a man that's coming to our ministry. He's new. But you know what? He's seeing it. You must see the breakthrough on this guy's life. Eleventh hour laborer. I'm like Jesus. I've been here 13 years. This owes you not even a year. And look at what's happening in his life. Lord said no because he's listening. And he's changing his heart to see. And he's responding every time the word is spoken. And the breakthrough. I'm telling you this guy has been set on a global stage. He will come and share the testimony when he comes back. Phenomenal. And I said to him the other day when I met him, I said, I said, you know what your, gra- your saving grace is? That you've come in this place and you've heard the word and you've responded. And because you've done that, God can honor his word in your life. Huge, massive stuff happening for this man. After only being here for six months. Because he's seeing it the way God wants him to see it. Amen. Let's stand.
Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray over each and every person sitting under the sound of my voice this morning. I pray, Lord God, that you help us to see things the way that you see it. I pray that you remove the scales from our eyes, oh God where our hearts have been affected, Father God, where we've been looking to the old dispensation and the old move, I pray that you open up our eyes, our spirits, our hearts and our ears to perceive what you're doing in this moment and in this time. Father, I pray for strength upon this house, O God. Your word says when we are weak, in you we are strong, Lord God. I pray for those that have been struggling in the last season, those that have been, that have been, that have been, having a misconception of what's taking place. I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice, Father. And I decree and declare that the eyes are now being opened to what you're doing, Father. I thank you that we are readjusting and realigning ourselves as a church. I decree and declare that wherever heaven wants us to move, we are moving in the season, oh God. I decree and declare, Father God, that our hearts right now are being adjusted to what you want to do in and through this moment. Hear me, church. Will you answer the call? Will you respond to what God is doing in the season? Because God is moving now. Don't say another three or four months then the harvest. No, the harvest is now. God's calling you now. God's wanting to shift you now. I pray, Father, that as Kingdom Life Embassy, that we will go in and possess all that you've assigned to us. I thank you, Father God, that you deal with our sight, our hearing this morning, that we can follow after you. Come and have you all in every way in this house. Come and do what you need to do. And when all is said and done, Father, you take the praise and you take the glory. 